you're a parent, a student, or a staff member that takes Northern Nevada high school sports seriously. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If it's high school sports in Northern Nevada, we're not only talking about it, we're right in the middle of it. News and information you can trust. Let's do this. This is the Battleborn Preps Podcast. And now your host, Michael Reeves. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. We are officially going to have football tonight. Uh, if you can make it out, we have scrimmages going on tonight, I know, at uh, Bishop Minogue. It's going to be Douglas. You're going to have some uh, good scrimmages just between Douglas and Minogue, and I think it's going to be a really good start to give you a little bit of tease when it comes to football. But um, today on our Battleborn Preps Countdown to Kickoff series continuation, we're going to be covering the Carson Senators. I got to sit down a couple of weeks ago with Coach Ryan Bouchard and a couple of his players and uh, really excited to see what that program's doing. They're in a bit of a transition. Uh, as many know, Blair Roman was there what seems like forever. And um, Coach Roman did retire from the head football coach position. He's now only the athletic director. But uh, we are looking and seeing a new era from a guy in Ryan Brochard who coached down in Vegas. Uh, he coached at Liberty with Coach Rich Morocco, as as you'll hear in the interview. And then he also coached with Coach Roman for a few years. So uh, really got that experience. Uh, knows not only great football tactics on one side of his mentality, but also knows the Carson way on the other side. So we're really excited to see what him and his team put together uh, for his initial season. It's going to be a good one and uh, really, really excited to interview Coach Bouchard. And without further ado, let's get to his interview. I'm here with Ryan Bouchard, head coach of the Carson Senators. First, before we get into any of our position groups or fun questions or anything like that, how does that sound, uh, knowing what you know about this program and uh, you know, you were talking about Coach Roman and just some of the great things about Carson football. How does it feel to be the head guy? Well, first and foremost, I'm completely honored to have received the uh, to receive the helm of Carson football. Uh, it's been such a great program with so many coaches behind this that have come before me that have instilled that this is a program. So. Me being just the head coach is merely a pawn in the play of making sure this program runs like the uh, oil machine that it, it once was. So, And for people that don't know your story, um, give us a little bit of background on how you know you got into coaching, got to Carson, and now are the head guy. All right. So it's easier for me to go from where I'm at now to the past. So uh this being my first year head coach i've been with carson high for four years now uh all realms from uh, defensive backs to tight ends coach here at carson offensive line uh before that uh i was one year removed from nevada into california where i was at a smaller school gustine which i was the associate head coach and offensive coordinator there 
Uh, before that, I came from Southern Nevada, and I was at Liberty High School under Coach Morocco's uh, tutelage there for, uh, I think, six years. Six years under Coach Morocco. So it uh, well-versed me in the nuances of being able to come up against adversity every almost every year against the big the big teams such as Bishop Gorman and up here you got Bishop Minogue and Spanish Springs and you know those type of caliber of teams so uh, before that I was at Coronado and basic down in south as well so I've had a lot of great interesting and uh, fantastic coaches to uh, to make it so I've uh, learned everything I needed to know so now, you talked about how you were under the tutelage of great coaches, Coach Morocco. I mean, even though we're mainly based in northern Nevada, it, it doesn't take a lot of knowledge to hear about the great things that guy has done. And then, obviously, Blair Roman was a staple here at Carson for, God, it feels like forever. It, it is a lot of a lot of personalities as you're going through the coaching tree and you learn different things from them but what those two specific coaches and maybe any that you want to highlight along the way what what do you feel you've attained and learned from guys like that well both in those both those coaches have one underlying theme in their coaching style they they are the authoritarian types but they are a the type of coach that wants players to exceed in every aspect of life. So they are typically a player's coach. So in watching them grow up and watching the relationships they have with the players and all the returns that come back and gravitate and want to thank the program and everything, that's the main thing I took from both those two coaches in, in Morocco and Roman, that you've got to be there for the players every step of the way. So thank him for succeed. Now, we'll get into the position groups, and then we'll finish with some interesting questions. Um, I'm just going to kind of rattle off the positions, and then anybody we'll highlight, we'll go from there. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Vinny was quarterback last year, uh, played a little bit, and uh, he moved on to greater, greater things as he is a senior and moving on to adulthood. Uh, what are we going to look at when we see a Carson backfield, specifically from the quarterback spot? Well, right now, I have to tell you, our quarterback spot is down to two people. So uh, Chris Guerrero, which was our number two last year, and uh, uh, D.C. Quintana. So he has uh, split in time between receiver, DB, and now he's learning the quarterback realm because so, they both give us two very dynamic differences within the offense. We plan on using them both. And running back, Carson has always had a running back. I know you've been here four years, but I feel like you go back Every single year of Coach Roman's tenure, there's always a big guy that's ready to knock some guys over and uh, lay out some hits uh, offensively. Running back, fullback, whatever position you want to hit on, because it was kind of interesting with Coach Roman. He's had at least two running backs in the backfield at all time. Uh, what do we expect to see, not only from certain guys, but maybe how you're going to play with that a little bit? Absolutely. Well, uh as we kind of talked briefly before, its style of offense is a little bit different than what Coach Roman ran. So we are we run from 10 personnel, which is single back, to 11 personnel, which is one tight, one back, all the way to 32 personnel. If you know Liberty High School as well, that's the old Maryland eye that they used to run. So I brought that here to Carson. So in that sense, with being said, with running backs, we've got a couple in the, in the stable, which are our bruiser backs, and Alex Myrene and Robert Berger. 
and uh, a young a young buck, which is uh, J.T. Heaton, which is the younger brother of Ben Heaton last year, which was our superstar on offense and defense. So uh, with that being said, we also have a newcomer that I'm really working hard to get him up. He's a transfer from uh, Lowry or Winnemuc area and Marcus Montez, which is uh, a great blessing that I'm trying to work him into that single back running back style. So. We switch over to the receiving court. Uh, you discussed kind of your uh, Swiss Army knife and DC Quintana. He he played last year. Um, I'm seeing Parker's story was also on the depth chart. We've got a few guys that are coming back. Talk about the experience that you may see in that receiver spot. Well, I've got two returning, or uh, three returning receivers that from last year in DC Parker and uh, Lucas Gonzalez. So in those three, just bring a wealth of knowledge into that spot, and then. Uh, with my attitude of the best athletes on the field, I have pulled the uh, our all-region DB from over there in Isaac Avina, and now he's uh, one of the other receivers. So, One thing, uh, talking about your background, and one thing that can always be appreciated, Coach Morocco, Coach Roman, and it seems like much of yourself with the way you talk about run game, offense, passing game, it all starts at the line. What can we see from your offensive line this year? Well, the nice thing is I, I returned my center, so in uh, Franco Munoz. So that's a, a great caveat that knows the offense, knows the things that way. This offensive line to me is probably one of the more uh, physical and more stout offensive lines we've had in quite some time across the board. Uh, we brought over Sam Marquetta from the defensive line. He was only a sophomore last year. He's going to be starting at a tackle spot. Uh, Dawson Herbert, which we brought up from JV this year, he'll be the other tackle there. And then we've got a mixture of those guards that can play either side and come through so for us. Switching over to the defensive side, you have some returners. It looks like White, Finn, and then Ricketta, or Richetta, however you pronounce it, I apologize. But the nice thing about him is he was only a sophomore last year. Coming back as a junior, what can we – maybe not a ton of returners, but you have some youth that knows how to play on that line. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I'm thoroughly enjoying about this year's team is we are young and exuberant, and we're going we're gonna to fly around. So we may not have all the exact knowledge right now, but with their athleticism and their ability to get after it, we're going to be pretty solid with Raketa and Finn and uh, Odin Riley down there at the D-line. So Now, one of your spots I am, uh, you look at my two deep here from last year, and we've got a lot of graduates. That linebacking core, I, I'd expect to see a little bit of a youth when you're talking about youth coming in in that spot. Absolutely. When you lose the likes of Ben Heaton and uh, uh, Tuia, uh, Tuia, excuse me, when you lose the likes of those two up that middle, it's uh, it's quite the replacement. So we've got a pretty good assortment of kids that are all willing to fill into those spots and the young, uh, the likes of, we already mentioned the running backs, but Alex Myrene, which is six foot, 213 pounds and can move, and Robert Berger in that spot as well. Uh, yeah, so our linebacker spot was pretty pretty barren when our seniors left us. But nice thing is we had a lot of young bucks that are eager to come in and prove their worth. So you talk about Isaac. He played corner last year. Uh, DC Quintana coming back. Uh, you have some returners on the secondary in the corner spot. Safeties maybe a little different of a story. So how are you going to mix and match uh, those different positions? 
That's just finding the best mix. So our field general of the secondary last year with Denvin's Patrick and Javier, when they left, it left us with that hole. So we we took our we took our stud in that background in Isaac Avina. We're moving him back to free safety. So in that sense, DC will man up the uh, the other corner spot, and then we're also going to play with Parker Story at that corner spot, other corner spot as well. So. Last but not least, when we're talking position groups, uh, your special teams. And it, it's something that I, I always get shocked at how, how much Northern Nevada head coaches love talking about their special teams. But it truly is one of those spots that it cannot be undervalued because uh, you can never have the best kids at special teams enough. Uh, Carson also has a knack for always finding a kicker. Uh, when we're talking kicker, punter, returner, who can we see from Carson this year? Well, I, like you like you said, the special teams is such an important piece of the game, and it's such a myth that it's one-third of the game. If you add up the plays, it's not even close. So that just needs to tell you how important special teams are, truly are. And when I inherit a program that had an all-region kicker on it, it's amazing tool for us to utilize. So in Isaac Avina, I can't stress that enough. Uh, nice thing about special teams with us is all those eager bucks that are just wanting to prove themselves and earn a starting job somewhere and potentially so they're worth to earn a starting spot on offense or defense. Now, uh, because I talked to Coach Mays down at Douglas the other day, I'm going to bring this up. Uh, you want to talk about importance of special teams Last year, Carson and Douglas, it comes down to a fourth down play. Uh, what does it mean, two-prong question, to have been here and seen some of, the, some of the tradition behind a Carson and Douglas rivalry and seeing what has transpired, what does it mean to you personally? Well, coming from Southern Nevada where the rivalries have dissipated so much because of the growth, it was really refreshing to get up here and just see the old school hatred rivalries. And I shouldn't use the word hatred, but it's almost to that point where they can't stand each other in that sense. So it was very, very impactful on, on my coaching style just to see that go. And then when you get the opportunity on a, on a fourth down play to – kick a field goal to beat your rival nothing can express the uh the smile or the gratitude or the enthusiasm on my face so the one of the unique things and one of the things i think a lot of people love about northern nevada is because of the spacing of the schools you, you often see that each school is having a specialty when representing an area or a community. Carson's got both. They're not only representing their community, they're representing the city of Carson City and Carson County as a whole. Uh, what does it mean when you're out on that field that you know you're not just representing a small little pocket of town, but truly the whole town? Absolutely. With, with being a uh, single high school town, brings its own set of challenges with that, with the communities and things like that, and bringing them all together. Uh, I have I've worked really hard in my very short tenure to try to get out in the community and get to know every possible person, business-wise, whatever it may be, extending those invitations to come out and support us and come to the games and let, these, let them see what these kids have to offer. We discussed uh, Coach Morocco, Coach Roman, but the nice thing about Coach Roman is he's still on campus, he's still around. Uh, what did you take from Coach Roman, and what kind of advice did he give you when you were named the head guy? 
the biggest the biggest advice that he gave me was try not to engulf everything into yourself to have coaches around you that will support you and be able to take delegation so with that being said you know coach roman's a full wealth of knowledge because he's been i think coaching 37 years now total so with that being said he gave me that one piece of advice but you better believe every second every chance i get i'm asking him questions about this and that and things like that so now carson has had some ups and downs in previous years there's no disputing it they've had some great moments obviously you talk about the win against douglas but um it's been a while since you look at carson being that stronghold they're going to make it to a regional championship and there were quite a few years where coach roman was getting them to that step every single year how do you get carson back to a staple in northern nevada and back to uh, we're a winner every year well, that comes back to the one high school, small town thing is making sure that our our Pop Warner levels are succeeding in every way, shape, or form. Uh, I've had already two coaches clinics with them where I've invited every Pop Warner coach to come learn our system, what we're running, what our verbiage is, so they can start implementing that. Because I'm a firm believer if we get that lower level and we get that excitement in that lower level, it all translates as those kids come up. And I believe that when Carson was at its best, those Pop Warner teams had all come up together and just gelled as a, as a unit, like the Abel Carter years and things like that. So Now we hit, on, um, we hit on community, and you touched on this a little bit. I want to kind of follow it up. You talk about the years with Abel Carter. You talk about the Heatons. You talk about these staple families, and I find it a lot – you know, especially here, Douglas, uh, Reno's, there's often this situation in school where you're, you have not just an incredible football player for four years, but you've got the brother and the brother and the brother. What does it mean to have a school where you know that, hey, that guy's got a brother and he's going to be good in a few years? Yeah, it, well, everywhere you go, you, you start to see that. So everywhere I've been from Liberty to, you know, any of my other coaches, we've always had that family-oriented thing where we know that two or three families have two or three sons coming through the program. So it's really exciting to see and know that we're still that family-oriented town. So I've got a few last ones um, on here, two last questions. This one I've been asking coaches kind of as just an interesting question, how they've all answered it differently. But um, – when you're a coach, you're out there in the summers, you're doing practice, you're doing the weight room, you're doing the film sessions with the guys, you're trying to get them implemented um, to be as prepared as possible on the field. But also as a coach, you have this aspect where you're not on the field, you're not making the catch, you're not making the throw. So you only have so much control. How is it on game day handling that, knowing you only have so much control, but yet knowing I've got faith in these kids? Well, it all comes down to these summer months and developing the athletes into being leaders on that field. Because like you said, you're not the ones out there making the plays. You've got to entrust that you put them in the best situations to succeed. And that's why, you know, we've done, uh, I think since April, we've been going. And we've really instilled in the fact that you guys have to take leadership and ownership of this team. The coaches are merely pieces to move you around. They're the... They're the masters of the puppets, so. 
we look at four, the 4A, 5A question that I've been asking every head coach. There's two prongs to that. Um, and the reason it's so controversial is you see, you see in programs where, hey, football, it's, you know, you're in Southern Nevada. Sometimes it's tough for the Northern Nevada teams to compete with another team from Southern Nevada. But then you've got baseball teams that are competing in state title games, not winning in the last 10 or so years. But then you've got wrestling teams over here that are winning state championship teams in Northern Nevada all day long. So in your opinion, how do you, how do you think the North should tackle that, whether it be a 5A um, between all teams and just understand that, hey, we're going to make it to the state championship and that's like winning it? Or maybe we move down to a 4A based on enrollment and different factors like that. I think one of the, the biggest pieces of the pie that we have to consider as coaches, and that's taking it to the end of and the NIAA, is just like the South. They went to a ranking system individualized by the sport. And I think it's, it's tough for Northern Nevada to do that because we're such a smaller knit of schools. But in certain sports, I think that has to be an aspect, you know, like wrestling. Years ago, they had what's called super state. So they had their 4A, 3A, whatever it is, and they had a super state. And I think track should be the same, wrestling, cross country. All those, all those type of sports there need to be in that type of being able to compete at the highest level. But even you mentioned Southern Nevada in football. There's only been one other state champion in the last 12 years, and that's Liberty. And that's 12 years of dominance by one team. So with that being said, do I feel football should move down to 4A? Absolutely. I said last question, but this one I feel uh, really has to be asked with the way that you speak about this program and this team. Um, Not just when you were hired, but when I say it today, after the experience you've had, as you said, since April, and uh, just the guys every single day putting in the work, what does Carson football mean to you? Like I previously mentioned, Carson football to me is different than anywhere else I've been for the fact that we are such a different demographic, but yet we all have the work ethic of the blue-collar mentality, and that's why I love our colors, being blue and white, just to represent that hard nose, grind it out, do anything willing to, to win mentality, and that's what Carson football means to me. Well, thank you so much for the time, Coach. Thank you. We appreciate Coach Bouchard taking the time to sit down with us, and we do apologize for the audio issues. Um, I I had my backup uh, audio recorder there today that day, and uh, my primary one uh, did not work for some reason. So we just have to kind of work with what we got. But I appreciate you guys giving it a listen. Coach Bouchard talking about that blue collar mentality. He's just one of those types of guys that really cares about not only um, his program, but just the community at large. Uh, When we ended this interview, he talked to me about getting his players into elementary schools and reading to the kids, uh, doing different programs with younger kids at the Pop Warner level. He, when I say has bought into his community, um, you you really cannot say enough about the way he is embracing uh, not only being the head guy at Carson, but just Carson City as a whole. So we really do appreciate him. Uh, we have two last interviews 
and we think you're going to really enjoy them. Um, this is going to be one of our quicker podcasts. We'll play those back-to-back interviews and then um, let you guys not only finish up this podcast, but get out to a scrimmage tonight. Uh, Northern Nevada football is so special, and every week there's something else to offer. And even if it's just a scrimmage, you get to see these athletes put up performances that and talents that they don't always you don't always see in every area. So I, I strongly encourage you guys make it out to Bishop Minogue today, or if any of the other local high schools are doing scrimmages, please uh, go check them out. And then um, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. As a quick programming note, we're going to do everything we can to get Galena's out this weekend. And then we will have Reno's out before kickoff this upcoming week because we've got real football coming up in a week. So no more scrimmages, no more practices, at least uh, practices without games. The real deal's coming up and we will be finishing off our countdown to kickoff series with two last teams in a surprising team that I was really impressed talking to Coach Cook uh, over at Galena. I think his players have a lot of talent, and uh, there's a lot to be said about those surprise teams. And then Reno, um, Coach Ellen was uh, as stand-up as could be, and um, you know, really appreciate just all the head coaches and all the players we've had the opportunity to interview this year. Um, can't say enough. We're going to be super excited. And then also, as a quick programming note, next week we will have our first predictions podcast. It's going to be me. It's going to be Brady Raggio, the owner of Battleborn Preps. And we're going to try to get uh, maybe somebody else on, uh, maybe a special guest. We're going to try to just see uh, what we can do with that and just add to great content, get you guys more information as the year goes along and um as always uh our magazine will be coming out here in a few a couple of weeks rather so uh, we encourage you guys to go to bullies flowing tide um all the schools get copies of our magazines um so you can have a piece of not only um this season but just all the fall sports so you can see what's going on in the community we send out a questionnaire to all the coaches and uh just as always, we want to highlight the kids. But we're going to play those last two interviews for Carson. You're you're hopefully going to enjoy what we put out. And uh, as I said, we got Galena, Reno, and then our countdown to kickoff series is done. But that doesn't mean our podcasting's done. We're going to continue on throughout the year with predictions, coaches' interviews, player interviews, and much more. So please stay tuned to the Battleborn Preps podcast. Here with Isaac Avina, uh, playing defensive back, but kind of kind of play a little bit of everything. I feel like you're all over the field, uh, Isaac. This one's kind of in particular to you. Uh, obviously, you're in Avina. That that name has come through Carson quite a bit. How is it when you put on that uniform? knowing some of the great names coming through this program, how is it representing those names and just adding another piece to the puzzle and trying to put your stamp on Carson football? Uh, You mentioned that, but I'm honestly, I'm not quite familiar with my name kind of being a staple, but when I do go out there, I feel like I do have a sense of kind of like a chip on my shoulder. Like I feel like I have to go out there 
and just give it everything I've got and like matter size or shape. Like I'm going to beat show out and try to prove that I am one of the best out there. Now I talked to coach Burchard. Uh, we talked about that Carson Douglas rivalry. You guys came out on top um, and that must've felt great. How, how is it, first of all, coming out on top, but second of all, how is it uh, having a rival like Douglas? Um, so with my time in playing football, it's been uh, this upcoming 13 years. And uh, even in Pop Warner, you know, I've never once beaten Douglas up until last year. So every year, the anticipation and the build-up to that game is always just, like, great. Like, it's, it feels like it's greater than life, almost like a war. So last year when we did come up on top, it was just, it was amazing, you know, happiness and joy and all the hard work, you know, it just felt great. This year you guys have Coach Bouchard. It's a little bit new. It's a lot of the same because Coach Roman's still in the building. You still have a lot of the same teammates. But there is that new aspect. He was talking about offensive changing a little bit. Um, He's probably tinkered some other things that we haven't discussed. What is it like having a coach Bouchard out there on the field? Um, I feel like he brings a whole new whole new set to the table. He's very dynamic, you know, he wants to change it up and get into this new modern era instead of keeping it old school because things do change. And I feel like he's just really great. You know, he's very close with all of our uh all of us, all of our players. And he's just yeah, we look up to him. It's really good. Now I've got some fun questions down here, uh, just a little bit self-reflective on you. Now you talk about what you do on the field, and there's a lot of strengths to your game. Why do you feel Coach Bouchard feels you're the best man at your position? Um, I feel like he feels like that because of the work ethic and the amount of like force I kind of bring. Like, I feel like when I'm out there, I give it everything I've got. You know, I try to do my best, come out on top, and just really work and grind away at that perfection. So, yeah. When people see you out on the field, they get to see, hey, this guy's a great athlete on Friday nights. But tell us about maybe an interest or hobby that people don't know about you unless they're real close. Um, Legos. I'm real interested in Legos. I have a bunch of sets, you know, like $200 Lego sets, and I kind of just spend hours building them. Well, you have a lot of different aspects to your personality, Um, and it's funny how you talk about yourself. You're very, it seems like, introspective about thinking about how you are as a player and what you do on the field. When we talk about those strengths, you have a lot of them. What is your biggest weakness, and how do you feel you can possibly turn it into a strength this season? I feel like my size, because I feel like when people look at me, you know, I'm pretty small, but I kind of don't let that get into my head because I've been pretty small in my life. So I just go out there, and I kind of show them, like, like, I may be small, but I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to come at you hard. I asked Coach about this one. Uh, what is it like representing an entire city in the community of Carson? You know, it's it's pretty good representing Carson because when you go around, I know Coach Beauchard has been peeping around and trying to reach out to other places. So when you go out and you see, like, flyers of you on, a, on like, a window or something, it feels pretty good knowing that, like, you are around and people know what you guys are going to do and what should they expect. 
last question I have for you. I've been asking every student athlete this one um, that I've interviewed so far. What do you feel is the greatest challenge facing high school football athletes today? Definitely adversity. Uh, Coming in, having like your own set of personal problems along with problems you see on the field and trying to build up and not like bring others down, you know, work as a team and really build up that chemistry and team bonding. Well, Isaac, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. I'm here with DC Quintana. DC, you, you're playing both ways on the field this year. How does it feel knowing that the coaches have that much faith in you to put you two-way? Oh, it's awesome. Like, I get to go out, go catch a ball, run down the field, then I get to go on the other end and hit somebody. It's, it's great. I'm feeling right. it's, it's an awesome feeling. Now, you guys played last year against your rivals, Douglas, and you knocked them off. How does that feel, first of all, knowing what that rivalry means? Second of all, having the ability to knock a team like that off and, and just kind of get over the hump. It's great. Watching that play, oh, gets me going every time. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to do it again. It's just awesome. Just watching Isaac kick that field goal and watching us run off to the field, get that trophy back, oh, it was, it was great. It was an awesome feeling. Now, Coach Roman had a lot of great to him, but what are you seeing from Coach Bouchard that he's bringing to the program that you love? That Coach Bell, he, he believes in all of us, even from the youngest guys. He believes in every single one of us. Do do our job. Do it to their fullest, 100% every single play. So you can't next guy up, and he trusts all of us. And that, that's why I love about Coach Bell. Bring us all together. You guys are unique. I was talking to Coach about this. Um, a lot of schools represent a community, but you guys represent an entire town and county. How does it feel when you go out there on the Friday night light, under the Friday night lights, seeing everybody that is Carson football? It's great. I mean, you get to see a whole different side of just who's going to support you every single Friday night. And sometimes it might be, they might have some pressure and some backlash, but like at the same time, it's great. And once you get that dub, you need to come back out and you have to do it again all over. Okay. So we're going to go to some of the more self-reflective questions in a perfect world, DC, what are you doing in five years? Probably hitting college. Maybe I don't even know. I haven't thought that far yet. <laughs> Kind of take it year by year. Another question I have for you. You have a lot of strengths. What would you say is your biggest weakness, and how do you possibly turn that into a strength this season? My biggest weakness is definitely my mental my mental state. Like when I get too low, I get into my shell, don't want to talk to nobody. I kind of just shut, shut the world out. But I, as, I, as I progress and throughout my high school years, I kind of learned how to talk to people with – with that emotion, and now I can now I can say, that's more my that's kind of more my strength now. I can talk to people when I'm not feeling like up to it. We talked about coach uh, putting you on both sides of the ball. Uh, how does it feel having that confidence put in you, knowing that you're the right guy for both of those positions? Knowing I'm the right guy, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. I kind of just go with the flow. They need they need me to do a job. I just do it to my face, fullest capability. Kind of that next man up mentality. Uh, for people that see you on Friday nights, they see the football player. But tell us about an interest or hobby that you do outside of football that maybe people would find interesting about you. I kind of just 
walk around to see, try to see new things, see, see new people, kind of go on lots of hikes. And that's basically it. Just more of a back to, backside nature type of guy, just by himself. Well, to cap this all off, DC, I've been asking every athlete about this one. What do you feel is the greatest challenge facing high school athletes today, high school football athletes? I honestly don't know that one. I mean, greatest challenge about high school athletes today? Yeah. I mean, I've heard anything from mental health having to deal with the the last remnants of the pandemic. I've heard things from handling uh, not only school, not only girls, not only football, not only everything, but just all that. I've heard um, tons of different things uh practice types, different things of that nature. Probably, probably like coming to transi- transition of school to practice, they have to redo it all over again. Just a complete different cycle. Just now they flip, flip that switch on my football. Now, now it's a football mindset instead of, Oh, I can just wake up until right now. I can just wake up, do whatever. Now I, I'm still in that football mindset of just, I can just go out to play football. Now I have to go school, drag on to seven and a half hours. Now I have to go to football. And that's totally different. I think that's the greatest challenge of high school athletes today, where they have to go from school to football, then they have to go and do homework, then have to redo the entire process again. Just that transition period. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for the time. Of course. You've been listening to the Battleborn Preps Podcast. If you're a parent, student, or staff of Northern Nevada High School Sports, you can always trust us with news and info. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Twitter at Battleborn Preps. And for schedules, news, and more info, hit the website at bbpreps.com. See you next time on the Battleborn Preps Podcast. <laughs>